Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me this uh, Tuesday evening, April 7th, 2009. And this is Truth About Trucking Live, of course, and I'm Alan Smith. And for the next 90 minutes or so, I'm going to be touching on really just what comes to mind. And uh, as many of you are uh, facing some very tough, difficult times these days as we uh, wander through this era of a recession that we're in, and not only hitting millions of workers across our country, but there's uh, there's Donna raising up there. <laughs> she uh, had to take her to the doctor today, and she uh, got some medicine in her, and it, whatever it was, it knocked her out cold, but now she heard me talking, and she's waking up. How you doing over there? <laughs> Good. Uh, she just, just knocked her out, but now she's up and going again, so... But yeah, like uh, this recession is, is just hitting millions of workers really across our country, but adding a uh, lot of frustration and anxiety upon the, a lot of you students and recent CDL grads out there who were hoping that trucking would bring about a good paying job and get you rolling again into a bright and financially secure future. And I would enjoy speaking with you and have you share some of your stories with us and see if together we can figure this thing out and understand what may lie in store for many of us. Our um, call-in number is 347-826-9170. And let's talk about truck driving jobs in a downward economy and any other such trucking news that may come to mind. So, you know, two things I've heard about recently I I found very interesting. One, Enrollment in truck driving schools are up by as much as 30%, and two, there no longer seems to be a driver shortage. Uh, seems like a few years ago we were being told that the uh, driver shortage was as much as 20,000 and was expected to reach over 100,000 by the year 2014. And today there seems that there's more drivers than, than are needed and the so-called driver shortage just seemed to kind of disappear really fast, didn't it? But secondly, why I, I get a lot of emails and phone calls and uh, a lot of stories that I've been hearing from uh, some of you uh, guys and gals out there, students and recent grads. Schools are still accepting students and taking your money, and uh, why they're doing that if there's no jobs available. I hear it every day. Uh, like I said, a ton of email from many of you out there who uh, finished training, got the CDL, and now three, four, five, six months later, still no job. Uh, but looking into this deeper, there's uh, I've discovered that these schools, CDL schools, uh, are showing an 85 to 90 percent placement rate, and so. 85 to 90% of the students and recent grads are finding jobs. 
and uh, that tells me that they are still out there. And so we have to look at why is there a 10 to 15 percent ratio that just aren't landing jobs, can't seem to find them. And um, we have to just look at uh, is there something on your record, uh, a DUI or uh, something, you know, uh, reckless driving or whatever it may be, just something something in your path that you might have forgotten or uh, something that slipped through the cracks or something. But if uh, 85 to 90 percent placement rate, uh, from these CDL schools, that's extremely high. Even when the, there's no recession, that's very good. So we have to figure out now what's going on and maybe what uh, your problem might be and see if we can work through it together. Uh, the uh, current state of economy obviously has tilted supply and demand in both directions. And, of course, again, we are in one of the steepest recessions that we've seen in a long time. And and uh, as I said, thousands and even millions of workers are back into the job market. And many who never even considered trucking as a career are now going for the CDL license. And less demand for consumer goods obviously means fewer loads to move and, and more uh, would-be drivers. Uh, many former construction or factory workers are uh, going after the truck driving jobs. And uh, the problem now is that there are fewer trucking jobs. Uh, but this is because of the influx of experienced drivers that are in the market. And naturally, a uh, trucking company is going to look at experience when it comes to hiring someone to drive that big rig down the road. And um, don't forget, in, in 2008, over 3,000 trucking companies closed their doors. And that's 3,000 trucking companies that had a minimum of five drivers or more. So even if they only had five drivers, that's 15,000 minimum experienced drivers that hit the market. And I know the uh, figure go goes way, way above that. So what's it going to take in today's economic situation to get hired if you're just starting out? Uh, you, you've got to play it a little smarter maybe. Uh, don't take the school's word for it when they tell you that uh, you'll have a job after training completion. Uh, no school can guarantee a job. The reputable schools will even tell you this. And many of you check out the school pretty good, I already know, from the emails and phone calls I get from you. But one thing you need to add to your to-do list if you're not doing it is be sure to request um, from the school to see their uh, student performance fact sheet. And this enables you to uh, actually see whether students are staying in the class and finishing the course. And what is really important, it will show you whether the school is assisting students in finding jobs after they've completed the course and how good they are at locating jobs for new graduates. Very important. So do this before you sign anything, especially hand them any money. That student performance fact sheet can tell you a lot about a school and what your future holds after training. So remember that student performance fact sheet, put that on your to-do list when you're looking at these schools. Because uh, here's the thing, goods will always have to be moved by trucks. Companies are still hiring, although of course it has slowed down quite a bit, I admit, but jobs are still out there. The uh, 85 to 90 percent placement rate uh, proves this. 
the problem is we're just going to have to face the fact that right now, anyway, times have changed. There's a recession, and there are many experienced drivers within the market, and the ability for trucking companies to bring on students and new drivers have dropped drastically and, in many cases, halted altogether, just as in the case of uh, the uh, excellent company, in my opinion, Snyder National, uh, no longer taking students. They're just going for the experienced drivers that are out there. And uh, I, I know you've heard me talk about truck and company driving schools, and uh, I see some callers on the line. Hold on there if you'd like. I'll, I'm going to be with you here. I appreciate you being there. But um, like I, I've talked about these truck and company driving schools, but as I've said before, these starter companies, as I call them, they do provide a service. They offer a way for a newcomer to get their foot in the door and receive the training they need for the CDL when uh, money might be a little tight and you just can't come up with the dollars needed for training. So um, go ahead, if you haven't already, start, start looking at these companies like Swift, Warner, and CR England, and PAM, and Lisa Motor Lines, uh, FFE, USA Truck, Covenant, all the companies that are known for accepting students and offering training. Because as you know, with the economy the way it is, the job hopping that is so well known in the trucking industry by drivers is just not happening like it used to. If a driver has a job today, then right now, I mean, believe me, they are sticking with it. And with all the... Uh, with all the horror stories you, you read about or hear about uh, many of these trucking companies, a lot of students and newcomers are just kind of standing on the sidelines worried about getting stuck with a bad company. And I, I want to tell you something. Yeah, a lot of those stories are true, but I'll tell you one thing that plays a big factor in the driver's success, and I can give that to you in one word, and that's attitude. Uh, you'll hear good and bad things about any company doesn't matter who they are. This is just the nature of the business. And no company, trucking or whatever, can make all 100% of their employees happy. This is just human nature. And there's always two sides to a story, so keep that in mind. You're, you're going to have to go into trucking at whatever company with the right attitude, uh, act professionally, work professionally, pick up and deliver your loads on time, uh, turn in legible and accurate paperwork, um, speak with your dispatcher or whoever professionally, and here's the thing that you're going to have to understand and accept once and for all. When it comes to trucking, local, regional, over the road, I don't care what facet you're in, bad things are going to happen. That's just the way it is. There are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. The bottom line is this, if, you, if you're wanting to make trucking a career, then you're going to have to begin with one of the starter companies, as I call them, 99% of the time. These trucking companies, like I said, do play a vital role to the trucking industry. And again, they offer training for newcomers to trucking who may not have the upfront money needed for CDL training. And uh, again, they provide the means for students to achieve the actual driving experience required by the insurance carriers. And keep in mind, when I use the word starter, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. These companies have been around for years, and even though you may hear or read some poor comments about some of them, 
you have to also remember that there are many drivers that have been with them for years and they wouldn't drive for anyone else. So just keep that in mind and maybe that will help alleviate some of your worry or fear, if you want to use that word, um, that you might have read or heard about or something like that. So nobody can tell you that whoever you decide to go with, that it's all going to work out just as you planned. This is OTR trucking that we're talking about. So in today's economic situation, if trucking is what you want to do, then grab onto one of these starter companies and get going. If you're not ever going to get started in your trucking career if you constantly spend your time worrying about if the company is going to treat you right. Uh, it's just it's just a part of trucking, really about part about any any business actually. You're you're going to have problems, good days, bad days. This just is a truth about trucking. So. Don't worry about the bad things that will surely come. This is OTR trucking. When they happen, deal with them and move on. Understand that driver turnover will continue. Uh, the key is sticking it out and getting that one year of driving experience under your belt. And after that, if the company you're with isn't working out, then move on to something better. Uh, you now have the experience that the insurance carriers are seeking. And the, the biggest obstacle standing in, in your way could very possibly be you. If, if you begin with a company with the attitude or fear that they're going to treat you badly, then most likely they will, um, even if it's just in your mind. So these, these starter companies, as I call them, could turn out to be a very good trucking job for you. Who knows? A lot of it will be based on your attitude and, and professionalism. Uh, uh, I've always, I've always said that uh, you're going to have to pay your dues for that first year of truck of us have. Now, I paid my dues for about seven years, but just grab a hold and get started somewhere. Just make it have, happen. Have the right attitude and show them that you are a safe and dependable driver employee. The hardest part is probably going to be that first year. So get that experience under your belt, and you'll find that things can ease up some. Um, one thing that you can do also is let the power of the Internet work for you. you you've seen these sites that offer the ability to submit uh, your application to hundreds of trucking companies with a push of a button, right? So, so use them. Go ahead and get your application out there. Let the trucking companies come to you. Uh, this is just another tool you can use that may alleviate some of the job searching stress placed on you right now. And some of the better sites for this is um, findthetruckingjob.com. They're an excellent site. Uh, truckflix.com. That's F-L-I-X, like X-ray, truckflix.com. And another one is uh, newtruckdrivingjobs.com. And now on, uh, on this one, newtruckdrivingjobs.com, just click where it says student driving jobs. And then go down to the bottom of the page and click on where it says Easy Online Student Application. And fill it out and shoot it out to hundreds of companies, uh, plus many companies that accept students. And another site I really like is EveryTruckJob.com. And so, so use these. Put the power of the Internet to work for you. Uh, is it a guarantee? No, but again, what this does is it gets your application out there. So. 
use the internet and keep following up with all of these uh, apps you've sent out. Many drivers land jobs this way, so I would recommend using these online application sites. Uh, just another tool for you to use, while at the same time you can knock on doors and make phone calls, etc., and you know do whatever you need to do there, and uh, just kind of you know work work through this recession problem that we're having. But the 85 to 90 percent placement rate there are there. You've got to look at your record and see if there's something there that you missed or something that might be placing you in that uh, 10 to 15 percent category that isn't getting placed. And keep calling your CDL school that you went to. Keep, keep their job placement department working for you. Uh, remind them that you're still out here, no job. Keep them remembering you and pushing to help land that driving job that you need. Just, just don't give up. As long as the recession's around, uh, finding a job is going to be a lot tougher. I mean, we all know that. But the recession will end eventually, and the need for drivers will come right back. And uh, one more thing. Uh, I hear and read all these news stories about how your trucking career will bring in eighty to a hundred thousand per year. Well, listen, expect thirty-five to forty-five thousand per year. All right, uh, that's a wages for a new driver. That's a wages for many veteran drivers. And all this hundred thousand per year talk that people who really don't know anything about trucking continue to report—it's misleading. Owner-operators can gross that much, sure, but, but net-wise, you'll be looking at around 50000 per year on an average, and that's, and that's a good average, but it just, it, it just kind of gets me riled up when all these news stations and TV reports and online news reports keep throwing these high figures out there in order to, to uh, continue luring you new guys and gals into the industry. I wish they would just stop talking about what they don't understand. Uh, thirty-five to 45000 per year. Uh, that's that's more than likely what you're going to be looking at, okay? So, and and again, that's a decent salary, forty-five thousand per year. You definitely earn it as a trucker, but uh, don't think you're going to uh, come right out of CDL school and instantly make a hundred thousand per year. If if I can make a hundred thousand per year through the road, I would be back out there doing it. Uh, trust me. So, bottom line, there's a recession. Uh, don't give up. Keep calling. Keep pounding on doors. Utilize the online job application sites. Stay in touch with your CDL school job placement department. And remember, the recession will end sooner or later. And uh, those jobs will come back. And I know you need a job right now, but it's just the time that we are in uh, You know, right now. If you're wanting training, if you're a recent CDL grad, Contact Swift, Contact Warner, CR England, PAM, Lisa Motor Lines, FFE, Covenant Transport. Just keep pushing. Don't give up. The trucking industry is one of the only professions where you can find a job when economic times go sour like we're seeing now. But companies are going to go with the experienced drivers, obviously, as the first choice, which is tougher for you uh, students and recent grads out there. And plus, again, if you have a DUI or anything negative like that on your record, the chances of you getting hired right now, I hate to say, is very slim. Maybe, well, obviously 10 to 15% chance. Uh, you have to keep all that in mind. And uh, also, you've heard me say before that there is such a thing called free CDL training, but this is only through a grant program. But grant money is depleted 
or at least running very, very short. So obtaining grant funds for uh, CDL training may not happen right now either. Uh, another good reason to look at these uh, uh, big starter companies out there that have the ability to get you the training and get you into the uh, driver's seat. So um, let me go to this caller. He's been hanging here for a little bit. I'll open up his mic. Uh, if you're all calling from area code 940, uh, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, yes, this is Silver Surfer. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, I want to take in, uh, it's kind of uh, refreshing to be able to talk about another side of the industry that uh, I know you guys have become pretty well aware just how active me and my brother are about uh, all sorts of items and issues. Uh, but what you're touching on today is, is like the flip side of the coin uh, when you made comment about attitude. Uh, truly, that that is the secret. I wanted just to add a little uh, comment. Something my uncle taught me is that the only true secret to succeeding with a company, whether they're good or bad, is just how professional mm -hmm. you can keep your your relationship with your dispatcher. You know that that you that truly that's where your success is at. You keep yourself uh, basically very well minded when it comes to communication. You know, understand, and and that's one of the things that the schools don't teach. It's not being shared. You touched on it in regards to these companies that advertise about the big dollars. The expectations, the true expectations of of newbound uh, recruits, uh, they're they're just not true. You know, they're not honest. And, and these poor guys, these men and women, are coming into this this business we know very well with very high expectations of what they've been led to believe they're going to achieve. And then when they are slapped in the face with the reality of what trucking is, and it's like any business, you know, your first couple of years, you, you're going to pay dues. You know, you're going you're going right. to have to prove yourself. Uh, you've got to develop some some business. Uh, techniques uh, there's they, they vary from person to person operation to operation whether your specialties you know down the line but uh, you you touched on a point that most people don't share nowadays as to these these new recruits coming in understanding that you're going to make some sacrifices the first couple of years uh, you can't expect to be home every weekend you can't make demands you've got to you've got to prove yourself you got to You've got to take and treat it like a business. Whether you're a company driver, an owner, or operator, you need to maintain that attitude. But I was, uh, it was refreshing to hear you kind of comment on that. You know, that making that comment and of uh, paying your dues. I mean, that's that's perfect way of putting it. You know, when you're coming into this business, especially as a new recruit, expect to be out there for two to three weeks at a stretch. You know, just just know that that's what's going to be expected of you. Uh, it's that's just bottom line. A lot of these guys really don't understand that, and that's a tough one to get used to. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, exactly. Because I, I mean, I I get emails and calls a lot, and it's usually you know the same questions all the time. And you know, I I get many of them that you know are are just coming into the business, and they um uh, they want to be home every weekend, and and you know it it almost it. It's almost hard to tell them, and I think a lot of them do understand it and know, but a lot still don't. But uh, 
I've, I've spoke about attitude before because, like I say, there's you know there's um, two sides to every story, and you can hear horror stories about any company. I don't care who they are, but I've seen it personally in 30 years that attitude really plays a big, big part in it, and it's just going to be a sacrifice for that first year or two. And if they can just make it through it, uh, you know, a lot better things, you know, come along their way. So, yeah, exactly. And, but yeah, I hear it all the time. So, and you've been there, so, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, now, I I didn't really get too much of a taste of being a company driver. I was family taught, third generation. And, you know, I started out of the gates as an owner-operator. Uh, you know, I'd, I was taught the ropes, so I knew the ins and outs. I knew the expectation, you know, the honest expectations of what I had to do to survive. Uh, back in the 80s, the way it was put to me, and, and personally, I, I saw it firsthand uh, when I was going through orientations, because you always go through an orientation with a, with a carrier that you contract with, even as an owner-operator. And to, to start the whole thing out hearing the gentleman that's giving the orientation class asked how many people, you know, ever driven a rig before. And, you know, out of 50 of us, there'd be a couple raising our hands. It starts to make you wonder, my Lord, you know, what have I stepped into here? And right. as, as you further along, you find out that, you know, 10% of most people that get into this won't make it past that first year. They're, they just didn't walk into it with the right frame of mind and the and the and the, the true teaching, you know, the, the the understanding of what is going to be expected of you. I was taught uh, the, the very basic understanding I was given from from Jump Street before we even took off on our first trip was the simple understanding that trucking is not a job. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Now that's a family. Right. You know, that's a family thing. And I don't ever expect that to really be applied to people that are getting into the industry nowadays. I, you know, I don't think that they necessarily should have to feel that type of, uh, you know, roots that like I did. But it is the truth. You know, it's who you are. You know, you, you are now taking on humongous responsibilities. I mean, it's, you're, you're handling such major weight on highways that not only we know are in neat, dire need of repair, but we've got a very aggressive driving public. And I mean, and you, the, that alone is oh. just so much stress. And then it goes right on down the line. I mean, there is so much expected of you. And when you don't truly understand that, man, it affects your attitude in a major way. And, you know, I just think proper training really does, does the key there. You know, I was lucky. I had family that I was able to become involved with. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's just one of the things where you, it's, it's coming into it with your eyes wide open and understanding that that first year you're going to pay some major dues. But if you pay close attention, you can learn a lot in that first year as to exactly the type of runs you want to get into, whether you want to try and latch on to dedicated lanes or you want to be that big strapper that just goes anywhere you follow the freight. Uh, that was pretty much how right. I was taught. You know, I started out in January, second week of January, and there'd be times I didn't see my missus for four or five months because my gig was I went where the freight went, and then come November, right before Thanksgiving, I was shut down for six, seven weeks and give back to the family. That was That's right. the type of freedoms that you have once you learn 
the the ropes once you learn the ins and outs once you find your little niche you know you may not you know like i got in i got hooked on bed bugging after my first couple of years because the money was just so good it's right. it's really <laughs> it's really really tough work it's very extremely demanding but mm-hmm. the it's something I've learned over the years, and I say to many drivers that have personal conversations with me, is the level of your success is equal to the level of your sacrifice. And, I mean, that's just go. bottom number. Bottom, bottom exactly. dollar, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you stepping into being, even as a company driver, you are essentially in control of what you do. You, that's the freedom that comes with this. And the responsibility that's latched on to that is so great that if you don't open your eyes to that and understand that, hey, you know, this is a tough business and I've just got to be like like most of these old boys and just get grow a little thick skin and understand that troubles come, troubles go, and you don't let it get to you. Just understand you have a breakdown, well, you got a breakdown. You deal with it. You know, you got a dispatcher giving you a bunch of hoopla. Well, you reach back out and try and change the communication. You know, don't destroy your communication right. by letting get under your skin, just sit back and say, hey, you know, what can we do to fix it? I mean, it's, and this is where it comes back to the comment of attitude and, and my belief that the true success, for the, especially for your company drivers, is, it, is the relationship with your dispatcher. You know, nurture it and understand oh, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, understand there's going to be a lot of give a couple of years before there's going to be any coming back. And, and they will, you know, once you've proven yourself to them, and you've shown them to be somebody that's that is strong-willed, gets the job done, does a very good job, is safe out there on the roads. They they will start listening and paying attention to you, and you'll start to get a little bit of respect. And once you gain that respect, then doors start opening for you. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I like to keep uh, just kind of stressing to them because what I'm what I'm really seeing now is a lot of. Uh, you know, people, newcomers, if you want to call them that, just uh, who are just needing a job, you know, and, and you put it one way. I like to put it as it, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle, and that's what they have to look. So a lot of these construction workers coming in and uh, people that have just their jobs have just fallen through, you know, they're they're in this mentality, I need a job, I need a job. But the very first thing I like to try to get across to them is, look, this is not a job, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have to understand that, you know. So, because things things are just way way different than than when you and I started out, you know. Because I was in oh, yeah. the household goods business, and uh, uh, you know, you know like talking. you made a ton of money. <laughs> so, yeah, there there was days that you know. I mean, when they started hitting that seventy percent discount neighborhood, I was barking at thirty five <laughs> and forty. But man, when it comes yeah, to seventy. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm taking my toys and leaving the sandbox. You know, this is this is. I'm gonna do drop and hook for this type of pay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I hear you. Well, I, you. That's what I did too. Oh, I went oh, go ahead. Drop, yeah. Well, that was about the same thing I did. You know, when the when the cut got up so high, I just I switched over, switched over to hauling freight and uh, that along with my my uh, body was just giving out on me because I'd been doing it for so long. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I had I had plenty of problems with freight. I mean, but, you know, it paid my dues, just like you said, and um, uh, eventually found a good company because there are really good companies out here. What do you think about these uh, starter companies, like as I call them, that I, were t- I was talking about earlier? 
Well, I, I mean, I've it it it's one of the things where you know because of the years I've got and the the you know where I come from, you know how I was taught, where I've been trained, I I've always been kind of skewed with the companies because I've I've seen personally over the years, especially the last two decades, where this this like machine of pumping out these workers, you know, and, and instead of truckers, you know, giving these guys the, the tools and the information that they truly need to be successful. Instead, they just cranked them out. And, but I, I am not ignorant to the fact that when you're starting out in this business and you don't have the advantages like my, myself or my brother had, or others like Alan, uh, where we, we were, we had a, a better teaching scenario. We had our had more information and expectate you know honest expectations when we came into the business. So a starter company can get you in, and you really have a lot that you got to tolerate. I mean, there's there's no getting around that, but it gives you that step to to truly make something of it, and then it, it all falls on on like you said attitude it all falls on what you want to do if you can if you can tolerate it and and make it through that first year or two and put that experience down under your belt learn some ins and outs uh take a little time to share with other you know ask questions of other drivers you run into uh that you can find out a wealth of information in regards to making that transition to becoming an owner operator i i do want to make you know make a, uh, a statement here to everybody that is listening avoid the lease agreements stay company don't take on more than what you're prepared to deal with because as somebody coming out of a trucking school that's coming from another that's making a career change and truly doesn't have somebody to show you the ropes you technically got to learn them yourself and to take on a lease operation so early in the game before you get a couple of years under your belt is is almost guaranteeing you failure because you're now going to be dealing with I mean that there are leases out there that are very viable. I mean, you know, there's companies out mm-hmm. there that offer very sound lease agreements. They're few and far between, but they are out there. And company drivers should truly, you know, especially the inbounds, the new the new guys that are coming in. Take that first couple of years. Don't get all excited. Don't don't think that you're gonna change the world. You're gonna you're gonna make that eighty thousand dollars a year. I'm gonna get involved with lease until you really get a true feeling for what you're doing, and you need a year or two for that to understand. You know, get yourself through a full cycle, a full trucking economic cycle. And I'm talking from when like what we're just now starting to see because I've noticed truck traffic out on I, I live in a little town on I, I-82 in Texas. And and I can see on 82 just what the trucking industry's what's going on. When I don't see trucks traveling on that interstate out there, I know that there's some hurt coming. And the last couple of weeks I've been noticing the traffic's picking up quite a bit. We're seeing more and more trucks coming through. And so it's the normal time of the cycle. And March and April is when trap, you know, the freight starts flowing again. And you will see the the two or three different cycles depending on the industry you're in. Uh, if you're into, oh, let's say you handle, 
road construction, you know, you're handling the hot loads and the, and the rock and the sand uh, that you're dealing with road construction. Well, you're going to see your, that cycle run from about April, May till about October. So, I mean, learn what the cycles are out there. Get yourself through a winter. <laughs> you know, if you can't yeah. make it through the winter months, you truly need to think about what aspect or what area of this industry you want to be involved in because winter driving is a good, I mean, you, Lord knows how many times we've seen a, a rogue snowstorm come up over Sherman in Wyoming in June. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you'd be driving along at 10 o'clock at night, and next thing you know, you got wet snow and you got to go down Sherman. So, I mean, get yourself <laughs> to a full cycle before you truly decide to take on the responsibilities of leasing or buying your own rig and, and, and maybe even take the step to get your own authority. I mean, you know, the, the sky's the limit once you understand those things. And, and I know that that winter driving is usually what scares most guys just to death. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, it, it can be a gut-wrenching experience from time to time. And and trust me, I, sure. I don't care who you are out there, you're going to go through your share of slides just like the rest of us. And they're not a big deal if you just understand the nature of winter driving, and, and you'll do fine. You know, it's, uh, I've had some pretty nasty ones. I've I've dealt with the black ice in the Dakotas. Uh, Mrs. was with me on that trip and swore she'd never get back in the truck after sliding for about a mile or two. <laughs> so, well, we've all, we've we've all been there, but you know that's just where the experience comes in. And and again, uh, another thing that really comes in that uh, many don't seem to have, but they just need to just understand is. It's just common sense on ice, snow, whatever, bad weather, slow down. Now, me, when it when it got so bad, I shut down. But, I mean, even when I shut down, I would see drivers just flying by me, and then two, three miles down the road, they'd be over in the ditch with mm-hmm. all their uh, cargo spread. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, all their cargo spread out all over. Just common uh, sense, slow down, and don't be afraid of winter driving, just just. Just be yeah, safe, slow down. If it gets too bad, shut down. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's manageable. It, it truly is. It's just, and, and this this is what I'm trying to point out, is get yourself through a year or two. You know, at least one cycle. I call them cycles. You know, from mm-hmm. the time your first starts flowing at the beginning of the year through your winter months at the end of the year, and feel how it is when freight picks up and then when the cycle dies down and feel what it's like to try and get through that two or three months during the off, the off season, uh, you know, so that you got a true understanding of something before you start taking on, you know, I mean, you may decide at that point, <laughs> sit back and say, you know what, I, I like the job, but I'm going to stay a company driver. I don't want those responsibilities. I want to be able to get home every couple of weeks. Uh, I don't need all the headaches because there is a lot of responsibility that comes along when you step from company driver into either contract lease or you get into owner operating or the, the ultimate becoming independent uh, as each level has a whole new world of, of concerns, worries, and, and expectations. And uh, I, I think the new guys just, they just need somebody out there to, to just give, give them the skinny, tell them the truth of the matter, let them have the proper expectation of what they're getting into you know, don't don't bamboozle them. Don't you know? Get them all starry-eyed, thinking they're going to become rich. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know very many rich truckers. I know very well the new truckers that have been able to take care of their home. You know, they've been able to maintain a family and had a good life. But I don't know very many rich truckers. 
I don't either. I'm, I'm still waiting to meet one. And and uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm always saying trucking can work. You just have to really know the truth about it and how it all works. And that's what I said a minute ago. And uh, Ken Bonds, I see you on the line. I'm glad you called. I'm going to get to you here in just a second. Uh, you're the man I'm, want, I'm, I'm wanting to get on here for these students and new drivers and things. And and uh, but what I was saying earlier was, um, let's see, where was I? My thought. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, what was I saying? Uh, Ken Bonds popped up on the line. I got all excited. Uh, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, 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 <laughs> uh, just telling everybody the truth, like you were saying, that's what I was getting at. Uh, I was saying earlier, it really gets me riled up when I see this eighty hundred thousand dollars a year stuff, and owner-operator can gross that. I mean, I've grossed one hundred sixty k a year as an owner-operator, but they're making it sound like they're going to come right out of school and start grabbing that kind of money, and and uh, that, that that gets me aggravated, you know. But <laughs> you know, what are you going to do about it? But I, I, I hear I you now. It's one of the things where you just sit back, going, "My Lord, I remember the days." Uh, up to the late 80s when truly, like in the household industry, you, you can make a very, very sizable. I mean, I've seen some some 300,000-plus years, but I've seen that deplete down to 186 the last year I was out. And the, the work that went into generating that kind of income, to, and this mm-hmm. is the whole thing is a lot of people don't understand that these numbers are gross numbers they talk about. When all said right. and done at the end of the year, you, you know, because I was I was well taught, and I and I can honestly say I can make a buck where another man can't because that's how I was taught. You know, I know how to keep the left mm-hmm. door closed. I don't go put quarters in machines. I don't talk to, you know, I mean, I just have a certain way of running a truck. And but you're still, you know, my best year was about 41% net out of a gross year. Right. But mm-hmm. the sacrifice that I had to make was just, you know, that those two or three really excellent years was just astronomical on the sacrifice. You know, where I'm gone five straight months, and then when I come home, it's for three days, and I'm back out again for another three or four months. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of expectations that are just thrown to the wind, and these poor guys with this make $80,000, <clears> and they find out quick that it don't work that way. And it's, it's no, really and, sad. You know, yeah, I mean, the average 35 to 45, and uh, I was an owner-operator many years in household goods, made really good money, made a lot of money, but it's like you. I mean, I, I, I was gone five, six months at a time. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the only way I could make it work, you know. But, uh, yeah. oh, man, I'm glad those days are over. Too well, old for you, that now. You and me both. <laughs> and, and, hey, I, I, you're, uh, I know you're known as Silver Surfer, and you have the website, and everybody listen up. This is a fantastic website, theamericandriver.com, correct? Yes. Yeah, I, I do my best. I, I'm the one and only. It's me and my brother, uh, JB. Uh, we've been, as a matter of fact, come up by the 17th of this month will be our third straight year. Uh, but I, I do my best to try and keep things up for you guys out there. You know, it's help you out, uh, get you the information, try and interpret some of this stuff for you. Uh, I'm not certain, but I think I'm still the only site out there that I've gone through the actual state legislations on my driver services pages. Me and my brother wanted to make it very uh, it was a very important endeavor to get some actual information on tandem settings. 
You know, so I've gone to the laws of each state and have interpreted from their laws and put that up on our driver services and state, you know, I mean, there's, there's quite a bit that I try to keep up there for you guys. Yeah, it's a great site, and uh, everybody there in the chat room, thanks for being here. I appreciate you being here. That's uh, AmericanDriver.com. It's really a great site. Be sure and check it out. And uh, uh, let me get Ken here on the line. You're, you're welcome to just hang on. I'll just leave your mic open, or if you would just, just want to listen, let me know. But um, uh, area code 847, I believe that's Ken Bonds. That's me. There you are. How you been doing? Good. How you been? Sorry I called you late. I got tied off. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Still have 45 minutes here. Got a lot of listeners and have Silver Surfer here from the AmericanDriver.com. Great guy, great website. But uh, yeah, I didn't give you much notice about this show. I appreciate appreciate you calling in. Uh, for all of you people that don't remember, uh, Ken's been on our show before. He uh, he runs a very successful, a great CDL school out of Illinois. Um, uh, let's see, where is it at, Ken? Eagle Training Services. Yeah, we have uh, two locations in Rockford and Lake in the Hills. Okay, and you can you can find it at uh, eagletrainingservices.com. Excellent CBL training. And Ken, I'm glad you called because look, uh, did I have it right? I mean, the CDL schools they're, they're still seeing a uh, still having an 85 to 90 percent placement rate for these uh, students. Are you seeing that at your place? Uh. <laughs> If you have a bad driving record or if you've had any DUIs or if you're a convicted felon, it's getting a lot harder to place people right now. Um, the good driving right. things, good driving records with, you know, the steady um, work history, um, yeah, I'm placing about 90% of my students when they, with that kind of record. But my convicted felons, people with DUIs, bad driving records, it's about 10 to 15%. And we tell them that yeah, right well, up front. That's what I was saying earlier, and I think that's where a lot of students are having problems because they're going to some of these schools, they're taking their money, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I see it every day. I get phone calls here and emails, and, uh, you know, I got my CDL six months. I still have no uh, job, but as, if I dig a little bit further, I usually discover a DUI like three or four years ago. So, uh, but, but so you're at 90%, and... Uh, I, I take it you're still doing okay there and have plenty of students. I, I saw on your website you're uh, you're licensed in Wisconsin now. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, we are now taking Wisconsin students. Um, we've taught one so far. Um, went up and tested him, and the tester said it was the best student he's ever seen from Illinois. That came that went through mm -hmm. Wisconsin. He knew the pre-trip like the back of his hand. Um, yeah, if you have a driving bad driving record today. Uh, I highly recommend that you, unless you have a job lined up before you get out, it, walk into a school, don't become a truck driver right now, not in this economy. Well, let me ask you, and, uh, and Silver Surfer, I still have you live, so just feel free to jump in if you like. I, I have some guys here in the uh, chat room, a uh, bunch of people listening in. And here, I see this too. Now, we have one guy here, uh, he has a, says he has a spotless driving record. No criminal record. I mean, everything's fine. Why? Why are they having problems uh, getting placed? I mean, could it just be their the job placement at their school, or or you're the expert here. Help me out here. What 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 can these guys like this do? To uh, I mean, should they just keep 
pounding at their school at the placement department or what help me out here what what's going on here well the thing is that if he has a great driving record um how's his work history is his work history you know steady work history or is he bounced from job you know every six months or every eight months these companies what they're doing is they're getting really picky um yeah. people that have a steady work history um that have been to, with a company more than a year two years and you know they like the people that have five ten years working with one company and those are the people that they're hiring. Uh, that's what we're finding out is that these companies are getting really, really picky. Even the companies that used to hire my DUI drivers um, are no longer hiring them. You know, they're just, it's, they're, they're picking the cream of the crop. You have to have a great work history, great driving record, um, no tickets, no DUIs, no felonies. And if he's not finding a job, if he meets all that criteria, he should have a job. You know, I mean, right now we've got students that are working. They're not getting as many miles in as what they would like. But like right. we're telling them, stick it out. You know, you got to get that one-year experience. Right. You know, if you're taking a load to California and you're sitting there for three or four or five days, so be it. You know, that's just how the freight industry is running right now. You know, it's not, you know, I guess the best thing is is that, you're not going to come out of school right now and make 38000 the first year like they used to. You're probably going to come out with this economy the way it is, probably the low, the mid-20s, you know, right around the 30 mark, you know, yep. if they're lucky and yep. if they know how to play the game. You know, you got to take care of your dispatcher. you got to take the garbage loads right along with the good loads. You know, if you help right. out your dispatcher, I, your I, dispatcher's I, going to help you out. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I just try to keep pounding that into them and letting them know. And uh, that's what Silver Surfer and I was talking about earlier, right? Attitude, yeah. right? <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's it's just it's a give and take, and the first couple of years is all give. And and this is why when they're coming out, I always make comments, you know, stay company driver. Unless you've been truly taught by somebody that knows the business, remain a company driver because you, you have a, a world of difference in responsibilities, and you can you can actually take advantage of those layover days. I mean, yeah, they're not going to pay you for layover. Uh, you may not, you know, have those type of benefits, but you're you're not in this mindset of if them wheels ain't turning, truck payment. If those wheels aren't turning, you get your insurance payments. If those wheels, I mean, you don't have that mentality messing with you, and you can actually just sit back and say. And my big thing when I was doing drop and hook, and I contracted with a, with a carrier. Uh, my last couple of years out there before I shut down was what do you need done? What do you need covered? I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised and, and it doesn't matter if they give you one of those, those, and, the, and I hated them, the God awful tire loads, you know, a Michelin or a Bridgestone, cause you know, they're going to be tube stacked. You're going to be rolling tires forever off a 53 footer. You're going to have 10 stops. I mean, it's, it's not fun. But when you sit back and you get your dispatcher in this mindset of this driver's just, he just wants me to know what I need covered and he's going to take it. And then you just deal with that. You'll find that things will start to change and you'll be rolling in and maybe 90% of the time or 80% of the time you'll drop and hook. That other 20% of the time you'll be putting some labor in. But you'll find that you won't be sitting out there with the rest of the crowd waiting for a load. 
You won't find yourself sitting out there with the rest of the crowd moaning and groaning. But you're going to come in. You're going to get your shower, walk up to the counter. You're going to say, what you, what do you need done? And then right. you're gone. And and that yeah. type yeah. that type of mentality will propel you quite a ways, especially in this current time right now. Correct. And that's it, you know. Uh, you you got to take the garbage with the good. And believe me, you're going to take a lot of garbage. But in yeah. the end, it's going to be a lot of good, too, because he's going to know that you're going to take care of him no matter what. And then you're going to start seeing those great boats that are, are a thousand miles or whatever it may be, you know, to, where you can make some good money. You know, we got a lot of students that we tell this straight up before they walk in our doors. You know what? Right now, yes, I am finding jobs for my students. But yes, Eagle Training Services is, um, according to the state, we have more students than anybody else in the state. Um, you know, and but that's our reputation. It's because we're honest. We tell our students up front. We tell them what they can expect. Um, we don't BS anybody. Um, once they leave our school, they're family. And let's say they do get out there on the road and they have a problem. I've had students call me at 2 o'clock in the morning with a problem, and I told them step by step how to handle that problem, and they kept their job, you know, and that's what separates Eagle from all the other schools. But right now, in this economy, you've got to take care of the people that you're working for. Yeah, you're not going to make a lot of money right now, but the economy eventually is going to pick it up, pick up eventually, and the truck drivers are going to see it first. Oh, yeah, we always right, do. That's what, that's yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been saying, and uh, got got some uh, questions here in the chat for you, Ken. Um, uh, I used to know last time I talked to you, but it's been a while now. What's 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 the uh, the price of your school now? Price of my school is forty one hundred, and it's a four oh, week well, course. It's still the same, then I think. Yeah, you know what, Dad? Forty one hundred. Go ahead. Yeah, in a bad economy, um, you know, we're trying to keep our costs down. Um, yeah, we're not making mm -hmm. as much money, but I don't make a lot of money off any, a lot of my students anyways. By the time my cost is all cured, Eagle Training Services is lucky to make $400 after we run them to our school um, per student. But I got a lot of some students that take five weeks, and they eat up all the profits. So um, right. we don't give up on anybody right. as long as they're you know, working their butts off and giving us 150% every day, and they're there every day, and they show us they want it. And I will go to bed. I have called companies that have refused to take a student to a mine and um, talk to the bosses and the vice president of one company I talked to. And I went to bed for the student. And that student got the job the next day. You know, but that's, these schools out there have yeah. got to step it up. They've got to start caring about the people. You know, the yeah. people that are coming in and spending all this money to go to school, um, They've got to go to bat for them. They've got to really care about them, you know. If they do that, you know, these students are going to be better off. And a lot of these schools, they don't care. It's all about the money and who cares about the student, and that's wrong. You know, yeah. Eagle Well, you're right in there. I mean, I mean the, the, the average price of the school across the board is 35 to 45 so you're right in there. And like you said, you haven't even raised your price. Now, do you have um, – uh, now, I know you still – you're dealing with uh, Swift and some of these companies we've been talking about. Is uh, is Swift still hiring? They are my students. Okay, because I have one guy heard, here. He he had heard that they were not hiring, but I didn't think that was correct. Well, I've heard that on several companies. A lot of the companies that come into my school, the recruiters, and mm -hmm. they're all on a hiring freeze. But yeah, it seems like my students are going to work for them. 
No, I mean, I don't, no. I guess it just that's speaks rep- to the standard that- of student we put out. Yeah, I was going to say that's just a reputation of your school because, look, if, uh, I mean, this Ken, and, and I've never met the man, so I'll just tell everybody up front, I've never met Ken Barnes, but, listen, we've looked into his school, and Eagle Training Service is an <laughs> incredible school, and he puts you through the works, trust me, from what I understand, but, uh, and he can get you hired. So now, But, now, Ken, what about you're in Illinois, Wisconsin, whatever, uh, but they can't state, though, can they? How does that work? Well, if the thing is, came from another state, right? The only states right now that I'm taking is Wisconsin and Illinois. Uh, okay. For the reason is, is that I have to take the students back into their state to get the license. They can't get the, you know, they have to have to get the license. Get license? Mm-hmm. Correct. And um, right now okay. we run across the border into Wisconsin because Rockford's only four, half hour drive to the Wisconsin border. Um, so we are taking Wisconsin students, Illinois students. Um, I wish I could do more for other people um, because I've had a lot of people, especially the last time after I was done with your show, I had people calling me from Texas and all over the place. And I'm just like, wow, this is cool. I, I, knew, that. I, knew, that. I knew that was going to happen. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to open a school in every state. <laughs> well, maybe someday that's going to be the future. You know, the thing is, is that Eagle – Eagle Training Services is setting a standard tie. You know, uh, most, like I said, most people that walk in my door are on the verge of losing everything they worked their life for. It's Eagle Training Services' right. responsibility and obligation to that student is to push them hard, teach them how to be an upfront, safe, good driver, and get them a job. And we're good at it, you know, and we take great pride in that. And all my instructors are on the same page I am. You know, my instructors come in at 7 o'clock in the morning if we have a problem student, and no pay. You know, they dedicate their time. They stay at 6, 7 o'clock at night working with these students. Um, you know, yeah. I have some of the best instructors in the business. Guys, that every instructor that has, works for Eagle Training Services have over 20 years driving experience. You know, with my Lake in the right. Hills, I don't have anybody under anybody there that doesn't have at least 30. You know, i got one guy that's got 30, one guy that's got 34, and one guy that's got 36. You know, so wow. we have some very well groom drivers that have been driving for a long time that can teach these students a lot about the business, you know, and that's well, what, what about, re- Refresh my memory, and then uh, Silver Surfer, I've got a question for you here. I'll, I'll pass on to you, but Ken, refresh my memory about your financing. You offer financing, you grant money? Well, right now there's unemployment that pays for people to come to our school in Illinois and Wisconsin. Um, Eagle Training Services does not finance anybody. We do take a $500 deposit, but the rest has to be paid when they graduate. Um, we used to finance students, but we got burned um, by seven or eight of them. We got them jobs, good-paying mm-hmm. jobs, and they never paid us. So the finance guy, yeah. one of the partners, said, enough's enough. You know, we can't run this business Yeah, that's free. understandable. You know, and the grant um, money, I understand, I'm, I'm guessing, is kind of depleted and, uh, or running very, very short. Am, am I right on that? That you are right on that, but I also heard that some of the stimulus money is starting to come into some of these unemployment offices, um, so they can't start to provide oh. training for their um, students. So yeah, the stimulus money is starting to trickle oh, yeah. in now. You know, no, we got I a couple. Thought, un- I, I forgot about that. That's a yeah, good we point. Got a, right, we got a couple unemployment offices right now that were out of money, but just called us up and said, "Hey, guess what? We got a lot of money," <laughs> and we're like, "Yes," <laughs> you know. But we've been finding <laughs> yeah, a really? lot of people. You know, um, we've been finding a lot of people coming in paying cash for our 
our school. Um, they take in their tax refund checks and come in and pay cash um, because they know that we're going to get them a job. And I make sure that I, I, I do everything in my power to find every, each and every individual student in my school a job. And so do my instructors. Right. You know, right. So. I have a, now Scotsman here in the chat room. He's asking me, is it a good idea to ask local trucking companies we might find in the phone book? Yeah, I'd do everything I could. And that's one good point, too. Uh, a lot of times uh, you can, uh, you know, grab a job locally driving for, like, one of these construction companies, driving a dump truck or, or you know, something like that. And the only problem there is I'm saying that construction kind of went in the in the pot too. But yeah, I just do everything, you know, because you can grab that, get a little experience there. And um, Silver Surfer, I was going to ask you this one question. You can uh, answer it or you can skip it if you want. Uh, let me find it. Um, let me see where did it go. Well, got a lot of chat in here, boy. Y'all are keeping me busy over here. That's what I like. Um, the key to keeping getting uh, that's good to hear. Where is it at here? Uh, uh, boy, I tell you what. See, I, I can't do more than one thing at a time. Oh, here it is. Uh, Silver Surfer. Um, and and again, you can you can answer or you can is decide not to. But he wants Real. me to ask how how you can screen a trucking company uh, for scams and flaky practices. How would you answer that? Oh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, see, I, I'm, I'm the host, so, see, I, I can put all this on my, on my callers and guests. <laughs> <laughs> that one is, well, you, you've, you've got to take and acquire some, some information uh, from somebody that knows. I mean, you, you've got to know a little bit about the questions you're going to ask. Uh, the very first thing you can find out if you're getting scammed is when you start asking questions about miles per week, uh, the type of pay that you can expect to make at the end of the year. Uh, and, and the biggest thing I found is that it, it, when the person, the actual person you're talking to when you're uh, calling in to uh, find out about a company is the position of the person that you're talking to. If you're not getting into a recruiter and you're listening to a, a person talk to you and they're not really listening to you, they're more like – it feels like they're almost like a telemarketer and they're just running information by you. Uh, you can almost bank on the fact that you're not, you're not getting the, 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 the true skinny. It, it's very, very hard to try and, and determine whether you're getting scammed or not. And this is why I make comment to drivers that are that are in the position of coming into the business fresh, uh, that are trying to get a, a new start and a new career, but don't have the advantage of having family uh, or a close friend that's been driving truck for many years or know somebody. That you stick to the company gig for a year or two. Uh, you you're going to find out that if you don't get answers like Right. How how long? How many days? Do, or how long do I have to be out before I I can get a day off? And you should hear 
a very simple explanation of, well, for every seven days out, you get a day accrued off. And we require you to be out a minimum of 15 days. Now, that's the basics of just about all the companies out there. I can say that honestly without even calling a bunch of companies. I can, I can almost guarantee this because it's pretty much the, the spew I heard uh, and right. have seen is that you're going to be on the road 15 straight days. Now, if you're asking a question about your time off and you hear anything like every weekend or they stop at the explanation of, well, you get a day off for every seven out, and, it, and it's leading you into thinking that, all right, well, if I'm out you know, Monday through, through Sunday, then I get a day off, uh, that's, they're not being honest with you. And if you ask a question that you – Need, and you need to do a little research on the information so that when you're asking, you know that, all right, well, I should at least hear the explanation of day off for every seven out, and we, and we require that your stretches run minimum 15 days before you get your, your accrued time off. And if you don't hear that full explanation, then you're not being given an honest response. They're not being honest with you. And it's, it's an indicator of deception. And when you have deception occurring at the recruitment level, if you have deception occurring at the uh, – uh, usually sometimes you don't always end up with recruiters. Uh, some companies, uh, they send you into human resources. And personally, myself, if you're not sent straight to the recruiting department and they send you off into human resources, hang the phone up. I mean, human resources has nothing yeah. to do – with the driver right. file, with employment records, uh, you know, and, and therein is another indicator. You know, you don't want to deal with that company. Uh, but it's very, very difficult to discern, you know, whether you're being scammed or not. The biggest one to look for, so that you, you all out there do know, that if you, if you hook up with a company or you're looking to get in with the company and they immediately, through their their speech uh, lead into talking about leasing, I would shy from that because even if you come in as an owner-operator, there's going to be a lot of pressure for you to lease. Uh, you want to take and, and basically pay real close attention to that because those companies make their bucks off of leasing. And, I mean, this is a reality that's out there that, that, that the new guys need to be aware of is that these lease agreements, uh, unless it's something that you – you initiate the the step up from company to leasing, and they're they're offering and pushing. Then you can pretty much bank on the fact you're dealing with a company that you want to stay a company driver if you're going to stay with them. Nurture your your relationship with your dispatcher, pay your dues, but do understand that you know it's a company that's that's it's going to be a job. You know it's going to be you know just your your I call it 24-7 for uh, however long you're going to be with them. But it's your stepping stone. And in that time that you're learning the ropes and you're getting getting things under the belt, you're getting some experience, you're getting through that first cycle of understanding how the industry works, through that period uh, when you're moving about, you're able to talk to other drivers, find out about other companies, uh, you know, do some investigating and make some phone calls. But it's it is really tough to try and and catch it. And those of us that's been out there for many many years, we can we can spot it pretty quick. And it's hard to explain how to to know that. It's it's more of a gut feeling uh, than it is a 
I can explain it to you. This is what you do. And it's not necessarily that because there's tone, there's the mannerisms, there's who you're talking to, uh, it's what they're saying to you. Uh, it all comes into play when you're trying to determine whether this is a going to be a fruitful relationship and it's going to be a good business venture or if it's just going to get you down the road for the next year or two so, so you can locate a home to settle into. Uh, but it's the two key things is if you're not getting a full answer to something, I would be extremely cautious of how you, you know, proceed with that particular company. I mean, because even the ones that are out there trying to scam the drivers, you can take advantage of that and flip that around and make something out of that to get you through, to get your experience, uh, to get the information that you need, to find a home, I call it a home, to find a company that you can call home and be able to provide for your family. It's it's just, it's very hard to, to really explain, but you know, the two key things is if they're pushing lease on you too quick, and if you're not getting the full explanation of time off, those are two major indicators that I always take and, and try to let guys know about. You know, if, you, if they're not being honest with you about this, then Lord knows what's coming down the pipe. So, you know, it's, but it is a yeah, tough one. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you said it good. I mean, it, and you almost have to, uh, getting back on that question, you have to uh, really kind of know the answers to the questions you're going to ask anyway before you ask them. Because, I mean, if you don't know if you don't know what the answer is supposed to be, you're just going to take them for the truth. But you made a good point about their mannerisms and their body language. And I can give you a perfect example. I went checked out a company here locally a few years or so ago and uh, just driving locally and everything and uh, asked them, you know, how much the pay was and everything. And he gives me a broad answer like, well, I mean, our drivers, we, we're, they're making anywhere between 500 and 2000 a week. Well, when yeah. they give you answers like that, you all—I mean, immediately <laughs> you know that something is wrong. So, you know, common sense yeah, well, comes into play too there. So, yeah, can I yeah. add something? Yeah, um, we had a—we had a company. We had a, a, rec- a supposedly a recruiter call my school, recruiting for a major trucking company, um, which was Prime. Okay, he was saying that he can get him a job there and everything else. But he he was charging trying to charge the students anywhere between fifty dollars up, and um, we told a couple of students you know check you can check it out and you know what we come to find out is that there's recruiters out there now working the system that they're calling these people and they're saying you know oh I'm a recruiter I work for a such and such company and we'll hire you but you got to send us fifty dollars we'll pick you up at your doorstep on Sunday and you'll be down here by Monday and go into work. If a company asks you for money to get a job, you know it's a fraud. Do yeah. not give them any information or anything else. And we talked to um, them in detail, and we found out that this, these people that were doing it, it was coming out of New Orleans, and uh, that's where all the money was being sent. And it's been going on for about six months now, and they have yet to catch the people. Oh, so Lord. if a company asks you for money to get a job, you know it's a fraud. You know, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. There's no company out there that's going to say, oh, send me 50 or $100 and I'll hire you. You know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, they nailed um, yeah. one of our and, you know, we got on it right away because they called us up and said, oh, well, they said if we send them $50, and we was like, oh, wait a minute, stop. 
You know, let us yeah, do really. more investigation here. We called them, and they said, yeah, it's been going on for six months now, and nobody's caught them. Yeah, so, there's there's, mm-hmm. there's scams out there. You know, uh, one other thing to kind of just to throw in there is uh, in regards to orientations and your the expectation of being hooked up with a trainer, uh, if a company eh, – how do I put this? Because my personal feelings on this – if I call a company and I want to get a job with them, I've got the experience, they want to bring me in, uh, but yet they don't want to pay for a bus ticket. And I'm and then here's the kicker, round-trip bus ticket. Now, if I don't use the return trip, so be it. You know, that's a good thing. But a round-trip bus ticket talks a lot. I mean, that speaks volumes about a company when they're willing to take and, you know, set you up with, with a hotel and a round-trip bus ticket, and trust me, riding bus ain't fun, but bottom line is that they're they're showing a little respect to you by saying, hey, you know, we're going to bring you on into the orientation. This will be the dates, and here's a round-trip ticket, and you'll have a room at this hotel, and we've got you set up, and you, you do your thing, and if you don't make it through their orientation or if there's a problem, you have a ride home. You're not stranded right there, booted out the door, and stuck on the side of the road. I mean, there's, you know, there's little things like that. And there are a few companies that, that do do that, you know, that, that will take, yeah. present it that way. And uh, that's how you can find the really good, valuable companies, the ones that are willing to really stand up and, and, and uh, put it out there on the line and say, hey, you know, we're, we, we look for the best and we're going to give you a shot. This is our orientation date. Here's a round trip bus ticket, and this is a hotel that you'll be staying at. I mean, that that right. says a lot about a company in my book. You know, sure. they're yeah, they're yeah, they're taking the time to sit back and say, and when they tell you, you know, we have, you know, they let you know what their expectations are. We expect this, we expect that, and if it doesn't work out, well, at least you know we'll get you back to your house, and you know, no no you know no harm no foul. Right. And the right. thing is, is that if a company asks you for your social security number over the phone, don't give it to them. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's that simple. You don't give them any personal information. A recruiter's not going to ask you for your social security number. You know, um, you know what they need to do is hang up the phone and call the company direct, and go by and bypass that recruiter that's calling to recruit them and make sure that that recruiter is a legit recruiter and get the recruiter's phone number. You know, that's a pretty valid. Right. You know, now that you make that comment uh, for that question that was asked. That's another good indicator right there. If they start asking you for driver's license number, social security number, uh, address, when they start asking you for some personal specific information uh, and you haven't even <laughs> filled out an employment application, then there's, there's, they should be questioned. And, you know, at least the simple question is, what do you need that for? I haven't, you haven't even decided whether you want to hire me or not. And you're asking me for information that would be placed upon, you know, personal employee file records. So it's, you know, that's a, that's one other thing that you pay attention to when you have a recruiter asking for this info, because what they're doing is they're they're data mining, and they're going to make a determination that, you know, they're not going to leave it up to the possibility whether you could be a, a very valuable employee or not. They're going right off the bat. They're going to take and with your social security number, they can do credit checks, they can do DAT checks. They can do all sorts of, of research and, and make just judge for themselves before even passing you on 
you know, into the system to be, pro, you know, to be determined whether this is going to work or not. And uh, you're killing yourself from the gate. And right. these boys do share with each other. So, mm-hmm. you, know, it's, oh, yeah. you know, it's, you know, caution needs to be taken. You need to, you need to act like a professional businessman, company driver, owner, operator, it doesn't matter where it is across the board. You got to have a, a business mindset and there's nothing wrong with a man that stands up saying, well, you know, I don't feel that that's, you know, pertinent information needs to be dealt with right now in a very respectful way that should not be taken wrong. You know, the other side of the table should be able to sit back. If they're a very reputable company, they're they're not going to take offense to you speaking up about a concern. You know, when you raise a concern and you get backlash from it, uh, you know, shy, shy away from it. There's there's a lot of trucking companies out there that are that are good. I mean, you, and nobody's going to view them that way, uh, but it's it's it is the reality of the business that there are some viable companies and there's quite a few of them that mm-hmm. treat their drivers right. But that then comes back to what was first talked about in the show. You know, your attitude, your you know your mannerisms, the way you handle yourself, your performance. Uh, you know, they, they're not going to tolerate and the perfect example of Landstar, you, you know, they've, they've always been a very, very picky crowd and they do have some quality mm-hmm. drivers. Uh, but they're, they're in that league because they, they, they're pretty open and upfront about what their expectations are. You know, you, yeah, when it comes to performance, you either perform or, you, you know, you just take it on down the road. Yep. Well, that is true. Right. And Lance, you're not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, Lance, my brother's Go been ahead, working Lance. for him for 10 years. And Lance yeah. is a very reputable company. They take care of their employees. I mean, yeah, they're picky, but you know what? You get a truck on with Landstar, you can make good money with Landstar. Mm-hmm. Now, my brother's making yeah. driving a straight yeah. truck for Landstar, and he's doing great this year. But it helps, too, that yeah, he, was down, he was down FEMA, too, for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's a, there are good companies out there. We keep preaching that. You just have to know who they are, and that just kind of comes with experience. But Ken, let me ask you. Uh, a minutes here remaining. Let me ask you because I get asked this a lot too. Um, what's the um, what's it looking like for these new students coming along that may be in their fifties or sixties? Uh, are you seeing a, a a certain age group there that's having a tougher time or? Uh, what what's the kind of the age group spread that you're seeing in your classes? You know, I'm seeing all kinds of age groups. I'm seeing anywhere from 18 up. Um, you know, we just had a, uh, a pilot just came through the school, just graduated, and um, he was 68 years old. Um, and he's got he's going to work for a friend that owns a farm up in Wisconsin and hauling grain for him on a part-time basis. He don't need, you know, but we are seeing – a mix of everything right now because a lot of people are losing their jobs and the companies, the companies are looking at the older time people um, as more valuable really because they've got a lot of, if they've got a great work history. They know that they're going to be with mm-hmm. them a long period of time and they're not going to like stop off at the truck stops and play the, the games and, you know, and mess around with a lot of lizards and all that other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to get from right. point A to point B on time because they're, they're more responsible, I guess is what you want to call it. But the younger right. kids are not having a problem either. They're they're getting a nice mix from me. Um, you know, like I said, I've been seeing them. I've trained a guy that was 72 years old. 
You know, so yeah. it's, it all depends. You know, in this economy right now, yeah, the trucking industry is tightening its belt. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if you've you got to remember, you got to have a great work history, great driving record, no DUIs, no felonies, and, yeah, we get, you can get a job. And if you and for school, and then when you again remember when they when these people go to school, they got to ask these recruiters or these schools is that what's your job placement history like? You know who are you placing people with? They should have a record of in each student's file with pre-hire letters of every company they found that got them a job. And a good truck driving school is going to have three or four pre-hire letters in every file um, because then you know that they're working their butts off to find these students' jobs. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I, I read a I read a statement that you made. I guess you were interviewed by Channel 13 or 19. I don't know. You've been really busy up there, but I saw where you had said that that you've seen everyone from doctors to lawyers to plumbers come through your school recently. Yeah. So you're you're just seeing a little bit of everything. Correct. You know, people are just they're they're fed up, you know. They're, they're, what they're doing is they're not making money. They're, you know, they're not paying their bills, and right now they're coming to school. You know, at least they can make some money to help mm-hmm. pick up the expenses. You know, is it great right now? Is the pay great right now in the trucking industry? No, and I'm being honest. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, because what they're doing is a lot of these companies. What we're seeing is is that they're getting rid of their dead wood and they're replacing them with new students. The people that don't want to take the garbage loads, that don't want to work with the dispatcher, that doesn't want to work with the company, you know, don't want to work hand in hand, and you know, to make that company, you know, survive in a bad economic times. They're getting rid of those drivers, no matter how long they've been with them, and they're replacing them, you know. But that's just how the market is right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got to keep you got to keep in mind that with the number of owner operators that were basically forced out of out of business last year with the uh, the robbing at the fuel pumps, uh, and then that dominoing into mortgage problems, bill problems, then you know our economy getting worse. That just added more to it. Not being able to maintain their truck payments. You've got a large number of drivers out there this year that are highly experienced, and the ones that were smart business wise and have that good driving record. Uh, has the the experience and the miles to back him up, then boys are competing for the same jobs that these go, the guys coming out of the schools are co- going after, and you know that's also uh, you know a factor at play here this year. Um, I believe the last numbers reported was I believe for the beginning of this year, uh, trucking is down only fifteen thousand drivers that they've lost fifteen thousand which is a good thing compared to the fact we've lost Lord, over 600,000 just in the last month uh, nationwide right. as a country. When you compare those two numbers, you can see that, you know, trucking is a business that, that works, but you, you've got to keep in mind that besides the new, you know, the economy causing a, a large number of people to shift careers into the trucking industry, and they're being led by you know, ads and media and, I mean, you know, the recruitment process is, is leading them that way. Uh, there was still a loss of only 15,000 in the driving industry, which is a good thing. And it's, we're going to see an, a, a fairly decent upswing this year, I feel, because of all the money yeah, that I, is I do too. 
Now, personally, myself, what I'm seeing, and to a couple of analysts, uh, economists that I pay very close attention to, uh, have even made comment that 2010 is going to be the boom. You know, those of us this year mm-hmm. that hang tough, stick it out, you know, make the proper business decisions. I mean, if you live in, let's say, uh, Los Angeles, and you get a job driving as a company driver, you need to pack your things up and move to small town Midwest America and uh, just whack your living expenses down. I mean, that's the reason I live in a town of 3,200. You know, I can survive, literally be able to keep a roof over my head and food on the table for less than eight, $900 a month. So I don't, I'm not fighting just to make a rent payment or mortgage payment of eight, 900 or a thousand or my God out West, they're up as high as fifteen, $1,800 a month. So you need to make business decisions like that. If you're going to get into this right now, but if those that prepare, those that are in the, in the place, you know, you've got yourself ready for next year. You're going to feel a humongous spike because the majority of the money is going to be spent next year out of the stimulus. Uh, you know, we're going to just see a huge boom next year. A couple, like I said, the two economists I pay attention to have, uh, you know, spoke on, on, uh, on seminars dealing with what they see. And we will see a, a moderate upswing. Next year, it's going to feel like a humongous spike because we're most likely still going to be in this, this scenario of not enough drivers. Companies have been cutting back. There has been like FedEx. Uh, many companies have been laying off. They're, they're cutting back due to everything, and it's going to creep up on them. And next thing you know, we're going to be hearing ATA once again. You know, we're so many thousand drivers short. Uh, we need to open the board. You know, we'll get – well, I'm not even going to go on to that because – uh, this is this show's not about that stuff, but the bottom line is get yourself prepared this year. Stick it out. I mean, if you truly want to make a career at this and and want to make that lifestyle change because that's what it is, you know, it, it, a trucker is who you are, then take the necessary steps to be able to maintain your home. Get yourself moved into a, a small town where, you know, your living expenses are low enough that you can – survive out there on the road until you will be seeing an increase in miles next year. I think we all will. It, it's going to be. Yeah, I, think, I think we will. I think we will. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I, I think you're right on track with that. I've got four minutes here remaining. And also keep in mind, that I, I believe that a lot of these people that are being forced, so to speak, to, to get in the trucking because they need a job, as soon as the economy turned around, they're going to probably just jump right out of trucking and go back to what they were doing before. Uh-huh. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, that's and which, I, which, I, which is going to help, you know, too there. But I, I think this year in 2010, just like you're saying, uh, it's going to turn around too by everything that I'm seeing. So anyway, we got two. Anyway, uh, Ken, um, thanks thanks for calling in at that last moment. I really appreciate it. It gave, it gave a lot of a uh, lot of good advice there, and, and best of luck to you. And we'll we'll get you on the show again. Not a problem. You, I'm more than happy to participate in any show that you have. It's a pleasure doing. That talk to your um, potential students, truck drivers out there, and and I have fun when I talk to you on your show. You know, and I can help out. You're more than happy to email me or call me, and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. Well, I'll do it. You're the expert on that, and um, I, I tell everybody about your school. So I, I appreciate it again, and we'll be talking with you. So take care. Thank you, sir. You too. Bye bye. 
Okay. And hey, Silver Surfer, thanks thanks for calling in. Uh, we 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 kept you here on the whole show. I, I appreciate it. a lot of good advice, and uh, I appreciate you participating. Well, I, I thanks for the time. I I uh, was glad I could kind of give a little bit of my input there. I thank you. Yeah, you gave some great input, and I really appreciate it. And uh, be looking forward to talking to you again. Definitely. All right, safe travel. All right. All right, take care. And to everybody in the chat room and all the listeners, I appreciate you listening. Uh, I've tried to get to all of your questions. You can always email me at alan at truthabouttrucking.com. And uh, remember, I'm still working on taking this report uh, about the DAC and the DAC services and how all that works, uh, submitting a report to Congress about getting some of this uh, changes brought about to how trucking companies can report false claims on your DAC report. I could use those uh, information from you if you've had a problem with your DAC and just email me at alan at truthabouttrucking.com. I'm still working on it, putting it together. I've got to get letters. Congress wants to see letters, but I have not forgotten about the DAC reporting services, and we will be submitting that to uh, Congress, hopefully here in the ne- uh, uh, near future. And so I would appreciate any input that you can give me there. So thanks for um, – got a woman talking in my ear. threw me off. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, be sure to bookmark us. Keep a, uh, up on our next show broadcast at blogtalkradio.com forward slash truthabouttrucking. And join our blog, askthetrucker.com. Get involved. Help to raise the standards of the trucking industry, and be sure to check out uh, Silver Surfer's site, uh, theamericandriver.com. Another great site from by uh, Daniel Audet, thetruckstar.com. Great site, bringing people together in the trucking industry, helping to uh, bring about change and make the trucking industry better for all our drivers out there. Be sure to check those out. Um, appreciate you listening. Join me next time, and I'll be looking forward to talking with you. Again, everybody in the chat room, thanks for being here. Everybody across the World Wide Web, we have listeners all over the world. Thanks for listening in and tuning in. And until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith, and drive safe. And as always, thanks for listening.